I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. No access to critical medications, weeks-long waits to see a medical professional, one registered nurse for every 500 people. Those are some of the healthcare experiences of patients inside California's jails. And there's one company that provides most of that care in the state, WellPath. The corporation is the nation's largest jail healthcare company, and it has contracts with 34 of California's county jail systems, including Alameda, Solano, Sonoma, and Napa counties. But WellPath also faces more than a thousand lawsuits in U.S. federal courts where prisoners and their families accuse the company of medical neglect and substandard care. In some cases, they say WellPath's care resulted in deaths. So why is the company still rapidly growing, securing multi-million dollar county contracts, sometimes without facing a single competitive bid? Chronicle reporter Susie Nielsen has spent months trying to answer that question. Today on Fifth Emission, the challenges of providing quality health care inside the state's jails. Is the for-profit model compromising the health of people inside jail awaiting trial? And how has one corporate giant been able to continue providing care with little oversight or regulation from the state? Susie Nielsen, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Susie, this was a complicated and extensive investigation. Tell me, how does healthcare in California's jail system work, and what's the role of WellPath, the company you looked into? California's counties, there are 58 of them, and 56 of them have some kind of jail system. And all of the counties are required to provide healthcare to the people in the jails. And they can do that one of two ways. The counties can provide it directly through government hired nurses and doctors, or they can contract out the healthcare services to a private company to do it for them. So that's where WellPath comes in. It is a giant company. Its annual revenue is estimated about $2 billion, and it specializes in this exact thing. And it has taken over California's jail healthcare market, so to speak. It provides healthcare in 34 of the state's 56 county jail systems, The company serves anywhere from 17 to 23,000 people in California every day, but it is a national conglomerate. So it serves 300,000 patients on average a day is what their marketing materials claim. And when you say correctional care, what type of services are we talking about? In the majority of cases, what we're talking about is WellPath will staff up a jail with a nurse, a couple nurses, maybe someone who can provide dental care every so often, someone who's qualified to provide mental health care. And often they also are required to have some kind of doctor staffed there. The thing is these jails, they're not uniform at all. Every jail has such a different number of people with a different number of needs. So the contracts are variable, but basically WellPath is in charge of making sure that people in the jails do not get sick and die, whether that's a mental illness or a physical illness, that's kind of what they're tasked with doing is preventing adverse outcomes. As you mentioned, WellPath is very profitable. Prisons and jails across the U.S. often rely on private companies to provide services for incarcerated people. This is a common scenario, right? We've all heard about private prisons, this idea that there are these entire facilities that are owned and operated by these big companies. 
There's something else going on in the system too, though, that people might not be as familiar with, which is the growing privatization of jail and prison services. So the jail itself might be run by a government, but the phone communications, the food that's being served, the healthcare that's being provided is being provided by a company. Prison rights advocates are concerned that this profit motive could lead these companies to overcharge people in jails or prisons or their families and could incentivize them to provide reduced quality of services or care. Well, speaking of reduced quality of care, advocates and prisoners say that there have been a lot of issues with WellPath, which has led to more than a thousand lawsuits in U.S. federal courts. What are they accusing WellPath of? The investigation I wanted to start with here was this ongoing investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice into the San Luis Obispo County Jail. They found out that this man, Andrew Holland, who's a 36-year-old man with schizophrenia, he had been strapped to a chair for 46 hours by sheriff's deputies, and he was screaming for help, and he had a mask over his face, and they basically did nothing for 46 hours, and he eventually died of fatal blood clots. Video of this incident got out, and people were really, really calling for accountability and change at San Luis Obispo County. So the DOJ stepped in, and around the same time, the county jail commander, the sheriff, said that they were going to switch their health care provision. So WellPath stepped in, but then more than two years later, the DOJ released its report, and it found that WellPath had actually not provided a significant improvement over the medical care of the county. There were a couple of things that stuck out to me in that report. One of them is that the company routinely denied HIV-positive patients HIV antiretrovirals. Another finding, there was a single part-time psychiatrist that was supposed to care for more than 100 people in the jail diagnosed with serious mental illnesses. We also saw that WellPath staff were mocking patients for filing reports of issues with their health care. They would tell them to stop whining. That finding by the DOJ, that pattern of findings, is emblematic of many of the issues that I saw in the other lawsuits I reviewed, many of which were filed by families whose loved ones died in jails. It was a lot of waiting for care, not getting adequate medication, not getting medication at all, not being seen for appointments, and severe understaffing. Mm. Now, on top of these federal lawsuits, Susie, you also reviewed dozens of lawsuits filed against WellPath in California. What did you learn there? Yeah, so these families' lawsuits that I mentioned, I looked at a few in depth, and one of them was filed in August 2020 by a woman in Lake County, which is a county north of the Bay Area. She said that essentially the medical staff of WellPath didn't send her to the hospital while she was exhibiting obvious symptoms of a stroke for almost a day. And then another family filed a suit on behalf of their loved one, Rafael Lara. He was brought to the jail. He had an extensive record of schizophrenia and alcohol abuse, and WellPath staff allegedly did not provide him with any resources for alcohol withdrawal, and they also allegedly did not give him any of his medications. And he basically was in his cell for three and a half months with very little care and eventually died because he drank so much water that his body's sodium levels plummeted to fatally low levels. And, you know, his family is saying that WellPath staff should have provided this man with the mental resources he needed to not get to that state. 
And what do advocates say is the reason why WellPath continues to fall short on the jail health care provides? Yeah, so I talk to a lot of different people in this space, including correctional health care experts. And I talk to lawyers and I talk to private equity experts. I think we can all agree that jail health care is a really hard thing to do well because it involves some of the most vulnerable people in the country. It's a lot of people with serious mental health challenges, a lot of people who are facing severe poverty, who are kind of locked in this cycle of going into jail, coming out. But some of the experts I spoke with said that WellPath has this for-profit incentive. Say they get $100 from a county for a particular person in the jail. They need to set aside some of that as profit. So if they want to make 10% profit, they have to take $10 out of the healthcare they provide. Another big issue that people talked about was the consolidation of the market. WellPath's parent company, HIG, bought up the previous two biggest jail healthcare companies and merged them in one. And as a result, many counties, when they're asking for bids for contracts, when they're saying like, hey, what company can provide this healthcare? They might only get one or two bids and one of them's from WellPath and the other's from this tiny company they never heard of. So they kind of have to go with WellPath and it's really hard for them to change contracts even if WellPath is found to be underperforming or not providing the services it's supposed to provide. What does WellPath have to say about concerns from families and advocates and why isn't California regulating the company more even as it faces so many allegations? Chronicle reporter Susie Nielsen will share after a quick break. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Susie Nielsen, did you reach out to WellPath? What did they have to say about allegations that accuse them of substandard health care inside California's jails? Do they have an argument to make? Yeah, so I received a statement, a very detailed, lengthy statement from a WellPath spokesperson, Chris Hartline. And in that statement, they acknowledge that WellPath has gotten really big, but they argue that their size is actually a strength because they have a lot of money, they have a lot of resources, and they have a lot of specialty in this area. So they say, you know, we work for these 300,000 patients and we've really learned how to do this really, really well. They often will push back against findings of poor care by saying it's the result of a few bad actors in a system that's overall good. They'll say, you know, we have people at our company that make mistakes or fail, and that's common in healthcare. Susie, have you found evidence that jail healthcare provided by a nonprofit or a smaller company does it better than a for profit corporation like WellPath? I think in the Bay Area, San Francisco is a pretty good example of a system that many say is is very well run. They took very swift action to address COVID-19, for example, in 2020, reducing the jail population significantly. That jail system has had very few deaths. Jail deaths are a really crude measure of the quality of care, but if they're any measure, then San Francisco is doing a better job. I think there are other county healthcare systems run by governments that are also doing fairly well. There are others that aren't. I think there's been a lot of complaints about Orange County's healthcare system, at least that I've heard from advocates. Since WellPath is facing thousands of lawsuits, 
why hasn't the state been able to provide much oversight or regulate the company, especially when it's serving a majority of the jails in California? This was actually, I think, a part of the story that surprised me the most. I went in knowing that this company had faced a lot of criticism and that it had issues with its quality of care for years, but I did not know that California as a state does very little to regulate jail health care. I learned it has no minimum staffing standards for jails in terms of the nurses that it needs. I read through this report by the California Legislative Analyst's Office, and this was a pretty blistering report released in the last couple of years, and it found that the group in charge of overseeing healthcare standards for jails, which is called the BSCC, is made up largely of people who help manage the jails, which, in their words, gives them an incentive to avoid setting standards that are expensive or difficult to meet. And because these standards are so vague, it's really easy for jails to meet them. So like one example that a policy advocate gave me was instead of saying you need to give inmates medication in this particular way at this particular time, this many times a week, it says that the jails need to develop a handbook that outlines when they give medication. So any handbook will do. And to top that off, the BSCC has no enforcement power. So even if a jail does violate the standards that are there, then the BSCC can't fine them. They can't do anything to enforce the standards. All they can say is, you know, hey, County X, this jail violated the standard. So it really doesn't have any teeth. Susie, for some people listening, they might think, well, you know, Healthcare inside a jail is just never going to be of the highest caliber. How would advocates respond to that? Jail healthcare is a challenge everywhere, and it's never going to be as good as, you know, yours or my health insurance. I do think, you know, one thing to consider, especially with jail healthcare, is that the vast majority of people in jails are there before their trial, so they're all presumed innocent. And many of the people that I wrote about died before they had a trial or before they pled guilty to anything. And also something I learned in my reporting, which I found really interesting, is that the U.S. government has ruled that people detained by the government are constitutionally entitled to health care. But that's the only group of people in the U.S. who are actually entitled to that. As a result, I mean, you could argue that the government is duty bound to make sure that these people are getting health care that doesn't violate the Constitution. Susie, this report was a product of such extensive reporting. You reviewed numerous settlement agreements, reached out to dozens of nurses, talked to families, filed public records requests. What does it say that all that reporting was necessary to get even a clear picture of what's going on here? I mean, it seems like this is an extremely complicated and opaque system. Yeah, it was really challenging to delve into this topic I had to reach out to every county to get their contracts with WellPath or a different provider. And in doing this project, I was really trying to figure out why it was possible that a state like California, which has fairly liberal values and a robust network of nonprofit groups working on issues related to jails and prisons, why the state has enabled this company to grow virtually unchallenged. I think there are a couple of issues at play, but what I took away from this reporting is that California often has very good intentions as a state, like when it sets up a regulatory body to oversee jail conditions. But policymakers often lack follow-through to make sure the regulations are actually working, in this case, keeping people in jail safe and healthy. And the main concern that many advocates I talk to have is that 
companies like WellPath are very well positioned to take advantage of this so-called Wild West environment. And once they get this big, it's really hard to stop them. Well, what do the advocates that you spoke to, what do they want to see happen now? What are they asking for? I think a lot of the people I spoke with are working at the local level. So people who are working in a particular county, Yuba County or Monterey. And what they really want is for the jail there and WellPath working together to make the environment in that jail better. But I think also many of them spoke about how the standards set by the BSCC are really low and how they really wished that there was more enforcement capability beyond people just filing lawsuits over and over because it's expensive, it's really time consuming, and it hasn't really worked. Well, Susie, I know this project was such an undertaking for you. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thanks, Cecilia. Susie Nielsen is a data reporter at The Chronicle. Find her story about WellPath and healthcare inside California's jails online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. This episode was produced with Keith Manconi and edited by Gary Baca. Thanks for listening. <laughs>